Hello, everybody out there at the This Life Ain't For Everybody Nation. Chad Belding here by myself in the studio again, or should I say makeshift studio. Got a lot of work going on inside of our Foul Life production studio. New floors going in, new decorations, new paint schemes. Got a lot of work going on as far as that manual labor get up goes. And just uh, kind of makeshifting it today, but wanted to bring another duck calling podcast your way. Just me, myself, and I in the studio trying to uh, just talk as much as I can. I'll slow down when I need to. But uh, let's talk. Uh, let's just start off a little bit by what's going on out there in the uh, duck hunting world today. I just saw a report out of the state of South Dakota. Um, you know what? I think it was actually a North Dakota report, but I got it sent to me by my buddy in South Dakota the other day that new records for for ducks, the duck count in the state of North Dakota I believe was at 3 million, which is exciting for us guys. That means that the duck factory is working. The water levels are right. The predator management is in place. The biologist, Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, the conservation efforts that are going into that, it really gets our hopes up that we're going to see a lot of ducks in that, in that flyway coming out of that duck factory in the central flyway, the Mississippi flyway. But, um, you know, with with the duck numbers being so high the last few years on a national level. Um, some people have good seasons. Some people don't. A lot of it depends on weather. A lot of it depends on the food sources, the amount of ducks that certain areas hold. There's a lot of things that go into why aren't as many ducks getting south like they used to, or why are they changing flyways? There's people that say there's too much pressure on them in certain areas. The ethanol, you know, the ethanol debate with corn and corn production and, ducks and geese being able to dry feed in, in areas such as the Dakotas or Minnesota or you know, although you know Kansas and Montana wherever there's open water and corn unless it gets covered up with a ton of snow it gives those ducks the ability to you know stay there for a lot longer lengths of time the their longevity in that area their duration in that area is a lot longer and it, it, it doesn't get them down those flyways like they like it did at one time i'm not saying that's 100% correct but that's one of the arguments there's also the the refuges and all of the the places that are not allowed to be hunted to where hold a lot of ducks. And uh, I think that, you know, everything happens for a reason. All of those elements are in place for a reason. And as a duck hunter in America, I think we should be ex excited as hell that we have the amount of ducks in the flyways, that we get to witness that power of the, that many ducks and geese in the flyways. And it, it's, it, I don't think that, um, it's worth bitching about or complaining about any of that stuff that could prohibit them from getting down the flyways. If they're meant to get there, they're going to get there. And if they're meant to be in the flooded timber of Arkansas, they're going to get there. If they're meant to be on the Arkansas river in Kansas, they're going to get there. We might have to wait our turn to get to them. But I think that, um, you know, f as far as the season strength of, of last year, most of the people I talked to, it took a while to get that strength of the season going. But once the birds got in their areas. A lot of people had a lot of different success um, all across the country and all the different flyways. So I wanted to kick it off with that. I saw that report coming out of North Dakota. My buddy Chris Green at Migration X Outfitters sent that to me. It was actually a local news report. He sent me a screenshot of the news announcer in the bottom third saying record duck numbers, 3 million ducks in, in the duck factory of North Dakota. And again, that could be, I don't have my sources for that, but that is what that news agency was reporting in the state of South Dakota or North Dakota again. So exciting guys. I'm fired up. It's, it's almost July right now. We're going to get to, 
you know, we're going to get to celebrate our country's independence pretty soon. Fourth of July coming up. Let's, uh, let's think safety first. Obviously we're going to be friends, family, lake time, beach time, boat time, barbecue time, backyard time, safety first though. Let's not get too wild out there. Um, but let's, let's enjoy America's, uh, independence and, and our freedoms. Let's always, uh, remember the military, but you know, it's dog days of summer right now, man. It's 90 degrees where I'm at. I've heard reports of a hundred degrees in California, Tennessee, Arkansas. It's hot. And, the only thing that's going to get us through is knowing what we have coming up starting, you know, as early as August. Um, you know, people are going to be getting ready for that early goose season in, in North Dakota, September, South Dakota, Minnesota. You got teal season in sep- September. Then you got that blood that starts to flow through our veins for the duck hunters to migrate north and get to Canada across that border and experience Manitoba or Ontario or Saskatchewan or Alberta. And uh, that's what gets me through the dog days of summer. The other thing that gets me through is just you know, seeing the gear and, and, and start to, you know, figure out how are we going to utilize the gear and what is our, our platform going to be? What is our approach going to be? What's that first hunt going to be? Are we going to be in a panel blind ground blinds? Are we going to have to dig in? Are we going to be underneath a bunch of ducks? Are we going to have mojos going? Are we going to have remote controls to turn the mojos off in case Canada geese come? Um, we're going to be up in Saskatchewan with Buck Paradise Outfitters, Grant Kuypers, and my buddy Barkley Fisher, Buck Paradise North and Buck Paradise South, as well as across the border into Alberta with our great friend Clay Charlton at Take'em Outfitters again. So we're going to be up there for about 10 days in October, and I actually have Clay coming to the studio the end of this week to um, to do a podcast to talk about what we experienced with Take'em Outfitters in Alberta last year, and what we experienced was awesome. I'm talking big groups of ducks over peas geese over peas and it made for some exciting television on that's coming up on season 10 of the foul life which airs july 2nd on the outdoor channel the first two episodes were kicking off with again clay charlton and his wonderful wife crystal and their family up at take em outfitters in northeast Al, uh, alberta and we couldn't have been more pleased with what what happened up there the outcome was just every day was just powerful passionate hunts and that's what we love about that part of um, the duck hunting world up there over the border into Canada. So we're getting ready to kick that off. Other things that are going on out there in the industry. I mean, there's some exciting news around greenhead gear decoys right now. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to, to the, uh, the launch of the new XD series mallards, but if you guys have not seen them, go look at them. And I'm talking five years in the making, the, the texturing, the feather detail, the posturing. It's just um, just realism. It's authentic. It's what Greenhead Gear has been known for for the past 15 years. They're, they, they've, they changed the decoy back in the day, and they continue to do it now. And we couldn't be more excited. The launch of that product is going to have duck hunters talking. It's already got dealers across the country talking. And uh, I, I see it being just a big momentum driver with uh, you know a lot of people – uh, getting that new decoy and seeing that the the love and the 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 precision that went into creating this new line of XD mallards. Um, besides that, you know the Super Black Eagle Three is kicking butt for Benelli. It's getting ready to come out and left-handed as early as next week. My good buddy George Thompson in product development for Benelli USA has me all juiced up. Obviously, you know, being a left-handed hunter, I've been wanting to get my hands on one forever. I got to hold them in Dallas at the NRA convention about 45 days ago or so. 
and I'm excited. I'm jacked up for that. Um, there's new announcements coming from Federal and Black Cloud that are very, very exciting with a uh, new product and new development on that uh, in that arena. So you know the ammo game is getting stepped up again. Nobody can keep up with Federal, Federal Premium, Black Cloud as far as duck and goose hunting goes, and that line continues to set the bar. Um, you know, pretty much as high as that bar is going to be set every year. And I don't know who can catch them. I doubt anybody can, but I'm excited for you guys and girls to get your hands and get your guns loaded with the new uh, Black Cloud that's uh, and all the new innovation and technology that's going into it. I can't say a whole bunch more about it, but I will be able to soon. So be looking for that um, from our friends at Federal. Um, be looking for some big news from our friends at Realtree. I can't say a whole lot about that right now, but pay attention to Realtree Outdoors, the Realtree family of camo. Um, they, they, they were innovative with Max 4 back in the day. Then they came with Max 5. And I, uh, for what I'm hearing, and I don't have 100% um, truth to this, but what I'm hearing, and, I, and you know, I'm pretty close to some of them guys, there's big news coming out of that camp this fall. So again, Realtree, and uh, we couldn't be prouder to be part of the Realtree family. Um, our friends at Traeger have some new and exciting stuff coming up with uh, the launch of some smaller size grills for tailgating and camping and stuff. So pay attention to that. And um, I can go on and on, guys, but there's a lot of news that are getting ready to happen. I'm going to have some personal news for you guys soon as uh, in different areas of the hunting game goes. We're getting ready to launch a few more brands, and I, I couldn't be uh, more thrilled with uh, the the response that we've gotten with our brands over the past 10 years. And it's humbling to see where it's taken and it's motivated myself and our crew and our team to keep pushing and um, and to get out there and, and do more. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm just pressing our sponsors, but without our partners and I'm looking at, you know, at things that Mountain Ops are doing with the supplement game and what Oakley's doing with their new lenses and what Yamaha continues to do with their side-by-sides and their four-wheelers and what Edge Boats is doing and Bosch Drives and the duck boat market and that surface drive motor department. I mean, we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of all this. And I talk about it because I'm excited about it. I love seeing people set those bars, like I said before, high and just keep being innovative. Our friends at Elk Ridge Knives continue to just set the bar high with their with their blades and, 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 and everything that they have going on. And their new offerings coming out for the fall of 18 are as good as it gets. And, and I'm excited for that. So with all of that being said, I'm actually looking at a picture of Mr. Billy from Prairie Wings, Arkansas right now. Um, I, I love that guy. And, uh, again, our partners, Dick CPAC, Mojo, um, Otis technology, what they do for the gun cleaning game, uh, is we're fired up about it. And I say that because seeing this product, seeing boxes arrive in, at our office and we get to open those boxes like a kid in a candy store, or when you get a box from Cabela's or Max Perry wings or, uh, or Roger sporting goods or whoever you decide to shop to at that dealer level through, um, I get, I get the, you know, I get goosebumps, no pun intended about what's in those boxes and what's being, you know, what's being cutting edge in our duck hunting world right now. And what's going to give us the ability to be better hunters, better gatherers, better outdoorsmen, fishers, conservationists. And I don't talk to him about like, I'm not trying to say, Hey, go out and buy everything that I just said. I'm just trying to tell you that my blood is flowing right now because those products that I just named in the, in the, in the partners that we have and the sponsors that we have for foul life and this life ain't for everybody, as well as the brands that we're getting ready to launch, uh, I love that. I love that part of this game, this lifestyle, this passion, this love. And you mix that all up and then we get to enjoy it together at Duck Camp America. And that's where I'm getting ready to uh, 
to spend the fall is at duck camp. I hope you guys are too. Last time we talked, you know, you guys hear that sound and you hear that, you know, when you pull it off of your rear view mirror, you pull it off of the rack in your mud room. Um, you know, a call lanyard, we talked about that before and what it means to a duck hunter and what, what, hangs from that lanyard what are on those drops and those duck calls and how personal those duck calls are and we also you know we, we take a lot of pride in our in our um short read goose calls that we blow with tim grounds and and operate with those and the success we've had with with those in the field over the past 18 months so the duck call is is pretty much a personal tool and i don't want to sit here and say go out and buy a certain call you got to find the call that fits you right now i'm blowing the cash by my good friend brad allen like i said at elite duck calls um arkansas three-time world champion i love this call the cash it's named after the cash river that runs down through the grand prairie c-a-c-h-e i always said if i had a little boy i would name him that it just just it rings i love that name but um the cash call single read and we you know we worked on it last time on on putting little runs of greeters and lonesome hens and quacks and feed chuckle together and and we got into some more advanced stuff with the bouncing hen and the squealing hen and the cajun hen and running that what you know what my buddy in in Missouri would call the Keith Allen would call the refuge so with all that being said, um, I just want to talk about um, what goes into that duck calling part of the hunt. And it's more than just sound. It's more than just picking up the call and, and hammering words or, or um, inflection into that call, whether, you know, you're, you're using that, that pressurized air that comes from your diaphragm. And it's, it's talked about, it's discussed in instruction a lot, but do we really understand the utilization of the diaphragm and what it means to be able to present air pressure and hot air and heavy air? And, and I'm not talking about blowing hard air or, um, you know, just a, a big burst of air through the call. I'm talking about being able to control your hot, heavy, pressurized air from your diaphragm, which I always would compare it to like a bike pump when you're a kid and you have that pump that you push down on that bi- that handle and you got the little black hose that's attached to your stem on your bike tire that goes into your tube and when you press down on that handle that pressurized air you can hear it go into that tube and that tube starts to expand because it's getting that tube in there and that or that air into it and that's what you're doing with your lungs from that air from your diaphragm you're starting it down there. You're starting your duck call talent, your sounds, your vocabulary, um, your everything that goes into what you're getting those ducks to try to do in the reaction. It starts in your stomach. Okay, down there in the deep part of your stomach in that diaphragm, that's where that air pressure starts. So you don't want to just have your mouth full of a bunch of air, loose air, puffed cheeks, and try to operate a call, which would come out and, you know, and sound a little bit um, not authentic, generic, or... <laughs> You know, and we've heard it, you know, we've heard kids do that. It's, it's, it's not a good habit to pick up. And that's why the diaphragm and the initial utilization of that air and where that air originates and where that air is going to be derived from in that diaphragm and where it travels to next in the lungs, gaining its power and then works its way up to your throat where it meets the larynx. And that larynx is that muscle in there that, um, I think that gets the call, the inflection. It's the, it's the, the muscle that you use to, steam up your window on your car when you were a kid to irritate your mom and draw your name in it or when you're when your oakley sunglasses are dirty and you need to clean them off and <laughs> so that air is coming from my diaphragm to my lungs into my throat where it hits my larynx and that larynx is that is a very important part of this because you don't 
you want to give that call inflection. You want to give it voice. And that's how that hen mallard gets her voice through your single read duck call. I'm talking single read here. We all know that there's also the double read function of a call. You can get calls double read. I like to teach on a single read because I feel that there's a lot of bad habits that are picked up and the, the double reads a lot more forgiving. So once you do try to move into a single read later on in your duck calling or duck hunting career, you might be apt to those mistakes or that forgiveness you were allotted with that double read. And um, you might not sound as authentic or ducky quote unquote ducky on a single read. And I think single reads are way more versatile. I think that they, you can get a lot different um, vocabulary and pitches and tones and inflection out of a single read that you can't get out of a double read. And I'm not saying that there's not good double reads out there. And I'm not saying that there's not good duck hunters that use d- double, d- double read duck calls out there that don't crush them every day where they're at. I'm simply saying that I feel that the, that the single read is where you want to get when it comes to operating a duck call and becoming the most proficient duck caller, duck hunter, duck manager that you can possibly become. So, um, with that, with that being said, that air is in that throat now and it's in that larynx and it's getting that voice and it's And I'm doing that because I'm using my diaphragm. I'm using my lungs. I'm using that tight, pressurized, heavy air. And then I'm showing you that that larynx is getting that, that like I'm, if I was going to clean off my Oakley's, window, write your name in it, write your name backwards. So the people on the outside in the other car look at it and it's forward to them. Little trick. I taught you something, but that's where that air is getting that inflection, that larynx, some people say larynx. I think the correct pronunciation is larynx, but so that hen mallard starts to come alive. So if you picture that and you do that when you're driving around and you, and you really concentrate and focus and discipline yourself to use that diaphragm and use those lungs and use that hot heavy pressurized air that's coming up from the diaphragm through the lungs into your throat where it meets that larynx. Now, now it gets that voice and now it's time to travel the rest of the way up that throat. And that's where it enters the back of your mouth. And this is where it gets tricky because how do we get that air from the back of our mouth now to that call the right way? How do we make sure that that call, that air is going in the right direction? And by, by discipline ourselves to get our, our air tight and to talk through pierced lips, you don't want to grunt you don't want to grunt it's just you hear my throat work and you hear my larynx work and you hear my diaphragm working that air is pressurized and if you put that into the back of the call now it's Okay, so that's that pressurized air now that's in that, we're talking about getting it from the back of that throat to the pierced lips, through those pierced lips, into that call to where it hits that mylar reed that's sitting on top of that tone tone trough and that soundboard, and that's when that mylar reed starts to jump and bounce and vibrate, and that's what creates the sound in a duck call. Then it travels out of the barrel into the insert, and that insert is where you have your hand, and you got your hand wrapped around, which is creating the back pressure that elongates that call, that makes that call longer, and that's how you can control that pressurized air and keep it pressurized by 
by letting it build up in that hand. And we are recording this film, this video of this podcast. So you'll be able to go onto our YouTube channel at This Life Ain't For Everybody TV and be able to download it and watch it after you subscribe to our channel and see what I'm doing with my hand. Just and you're keeping that air built up in there. And on you put put that hand on the, the back of the, your mouth on the back of the call again. I'm not letting up at all. I'm keeping that air pressurized and I'm keeping it controlled by my diaphragm working in conjunction with my lungs, my larynx, or my larynx, sorry, and then my back pressure on that hand. But let's just rewind a little bit now and make sure that we're getting that air from that larynx in the back of your throat to your mouth, your pierced lips that are on that call through the barrel to the mylar on the tone trough, on the soundboard, through that part of the call into the now out of out of the tr- tone trough through the end of the insert into your hand and out to where the ducks hear it and they're like wow that sounds like a live hen mallard down there we gotta go check her out that's what we're trying to do in a nutshell but getting that air from the back of the mouth to the front of the mouth to those pierced lips now you got your tongue and your tongue can get in the way or your tongue can be your best friend on being able to change tones and pitches and inflection of that call with moving your tongue into different positions and having dexterity in that tongue we all know that people say the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body and you got to be able to manipulate your tongue with the dexterity of it and be able to put it in different shapes and forms and what I say is I would start with the tip of it on the bottom teeth where your gums meet on the back of your bottom teeth where your gums meet your teeth line, tooth line, teeth line, depending on where you're from and kind of lodge it in there and anchor it down there. And I think that's a good starting reference or starting point of where to put your tongue when you're operating a single reed duck call. So then you got, if you picture your hand and you put your hand in the shape of a duck's head, duck beat or whatever, and your forearm is the throat and the, and, and your, you got your hand cupped up top and that's the roof of your mouth. And then you take your other hand and you put it underneath that in the same form of the cupping. And it looks like your tongue is sitting there with the tip of it anchored behind your bottom teeth where your gums meet your teeth again with a little 25 cent gumball underneath it. And it's just kind of in the same shape as the roof of your mouth, you know, concaved in a little bit and, 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 that's, you got to see it. And I hope you go on YouTube and watch that to see exactly how I have my tongue. So I have it anchored down and I push it forward a little bit. Like it's got that gumball underneath it. And that's my starting point. So now that air gets to the back of that tongue and it's like, Oh, where do we go now? And as a duck caller, we got to discipline ourselves and our practice and our techniques that we have to be able to get that air over the top of our tongue, down the forward part of our tongue, into our pierced lips. We don't want to puff our cheeks and let that air loosen up and have different ways of getting to our mouth, uh, to our lips, you know, by going around your tongue on both sides. You want to keep it pressurized with no puffiness in your cheeks where it's... In your ma- and if you look in a mirror, look in a mirror and practice, make sure that you're not getting any loose lips. Make sure your corners are tight on your mouth and that they're on that call tight and keep that air pressurized and keep it moving over the top of that tongue and not loosening up your cheeks to where it wraps around both sides and gets loose and goes into that call with a real hollow tinny effect. You want to keep it tight. You want, you don't want it to be you don't want to do any of that stuff in the call. You want it to be so the secret is when it comes up from that larynx in your throat and it's got all that pressure to it and it's ready to go into that call you don't want to stop it you want to be able to manipulate it you want to be able to hold on to some of it let some of it out hold on to a little bit more 
and and try to start getting to your getting to the point to where you can control your air and that is going to be the key to being ducky to creating more ducks in your arsenal having different vocabulary being able to go from a feed chuckle to a quack to a, a a lonesome hand to a greeter to a comeback call to a paralyzer call whatever you t- tell yourself in your head these calls are called or named you're going to be able to dictate how you get to them and think two or three steps ahead as a duck hunter like all right if these ducks do this i got to have my mouth and my tongue and my hand ready in position to be able to give them a feed chuckle or be able to give them a paralyzer call where we stand on that first note like we talked about last time and you're holding on to that air. You're using your diaphragm. You're using your throat. You're using your hand. You're using your back pressure. You're using your mouth. Everything's working as an instrument. It's like playing the saxophone. Kenny G gets up there and wails on that saxophone and he controls his air. And that's what made, made him a very, very creative, rich man is because he separated himself with horns by being able to, to control his air and discipline himself. And I'm not saying he's the best. I'm just saying he's one of the best. He's out there and he's got those flowing locks of hair and I get it. He's a male model, but he is awesome at the saxophone but there's other people out there that play the instrument just as well because they know how to control their air it's just like singing you don't sing with loose air and i'm not saying i have a good voice i've never been to singing school or or had singing lessons but i know that good singers like axel rose or leith lofton or drake white or zach brown these guys sing from their stomach they sing from their diaphragm. They get their air to their lips the same way that we're getting the call to our lips for our duck calling procedures. When you sing, you sing from your stomach. You sing from your diaphragm. You sing with passion from your heart, from your lungs. And that's how those guys get those notes and reach those different pitches and tones and change from I, 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 she's got a smile. I'm seeing a little bit of Axl Rose there, but they can go from one, one, one lyric to the next. And they're thinking two or three steps ahead that I got to drop down. I got to get higher pitched. I got to get my air here. I got to control my air here. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that I know how to sing, but I've heard from enough singers that you get your air from your diaphragm and you sing from your stomach. You don't sing from puff cheeks. So when you're in the shower next time and you're washing your hair, and your skin, and your singing, pina colada song, or come a come a come a come a come a chameleon. If you sing in those songs in the shower, sing from your stomach and record yourself and play it back and then maybe send it to Simon Cow, see if you get a record deal or whatever. But sing from your stomach, duck calling air comes from your stomach, your diaphragm, and now it's at the back of that throat. It's going over the top of that tongue, down that tongue, pierced lips, tip of that tongue is behind those bottom teeth, anchored down. And now it enters that call and that little stream of air through those pierced lips because your corners are tight. And on the on the on the front of the call, I'm, and uh, again, I hope you watch this on YouTube. But on the front of that call, it's going to be the the upper lip is going to be tucked in a little bit underneath, like you're drinking out of a coke bottle. And the call is going to be laying on your on your lower lip, okay? And then your upper lip just kind of sits up against it, and you press it into it, and then squeeze the corners of your mouth in, okay? So it's got a really dedicated, disciplined stream of pressurized air now on those pierced lips going into that call, again, to meet that Mylar reed sitting on top of that sound trough or tone board or soundboard, and then it's going to go through the rest of the insert, out of the insert, into your hand where your back pressure comes into place. So it's 
Okay. You fill that call up with air. And that's what we're, what, that's what we're trying to do is keep air present in that call the entire time. So we don't run out of air and we can just keep calling and we can keep our air under control to where we're breathing in and out through that call. Cause when you breathe in, you don't make sound. So you can trick yourself. You can trick people by, you know, especially on a short goose call of how many notes can you get on one breath? I'm breathing after every note, but so that air gets, it gets built up. Okay, so I'm doing that with that pressurized air. Turn the call around, it sounds. And I know as a singer, again, you're wondering, where can I get a breath? And how is he doing those long notes and not breathing? He's figuring out, okay, after this note of November rain, I'm going to be able to breathe in right there. Boom. Because I've, I've rehearsed this so many times that I know that that's what I have to be able to do. So you're thinking two or three steps ahead. Okay. I know that I'm going to get low on air right here. I'm going to do go into this note right now. And I'm going to be able to suck in and get some more air into my diaphragm and fill back up. So now I got reserves again. And that's the secret of it guys is controlling that air and having those reserves to just keep going from one sound to the next and sound realistic. Okay. Cause a duck over here doesn't know that a duck over here is running out of air. She goes, meh, 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 meh. and this one, when she's coming down off hers, she goes over here. See, those ducks aren't really controlling their air to the point to where they're doing a, a, a cadence right there. They're doing a greeter call and they're done for a little bit. And then the next one. So as a duck caller, you're making the sound of four, five, six, seven, however many ducks you're trying to emulate. Those ducks on the water don't need to fill up with air and keep their air reserved. As a duck caller, you do because you're trying to do hen Susie number one over here, hen Susie number two over here, three over there. And you're trying to throw your voices like a ventriloquist, kind of like making that decoy spread come alive, moving that jerk string, shaking that jerk string, letting them see the mojo, letting them see the ripples on the water, hearing those sounds. It's all coming together. It sounds realistic. It looks realistic. It looks authentic. It's cold. It's, it's breezy. It's sunshiny. It's a ducky day. The migration is on. We've waited for it the whole time. And now our presentation is key. And that's what we're doing with that call is letting those different ducks bounce off of our call. You're not trying to just do one duck like she's on the water and she's just doing herself. Okay. She's just herself. But the one, the other hen that's 20 feet from her is herself too. And she's going to do a cadence. Then the hen that's 60 feet from them is going to do a cadence. Then a hen 30 feet from them is going to and start doing separation feed chuckles and stuff. So as a duck hunter, a duck caller, if you're by yourself or you're the only one in the blind that runs a duck call, I'm not saying that you have to be making every sound every time to kill every duck that you see. I'm just saying that perfectionist wise and, and becoming a complete duck call operator and communicator to the wild mallard duck or puddle ducks in this case is being able to control that air, have reserves and being able to sound like a bunch of different hen mallards. And that's what I wanted to talk about today is that it's not about just managing one duck. And I'm saying that we got to get there. We got to find that common ground of that one hen. And once we get that quack and we can put strings of those quacks together to get our greeters, it's going to be time to start using your hand and your elbows and your wrists and the fatty tissues in the palm of your hand and the fatty tissues in the inside of your cheeks and the roof of your mouth and using those different textures and different skins to 
create different ducks, different tongue positions, different hand positions, different back pressure? Do you flap your hand sometimes? Do you keep it closed on some ducks? Yes. Um, we can talk about all that. And that's what these instructional uh, podcasts that This Life Ain't For Everybody is about, is that we want to we wanna be able to um, be precise in our presentation of air, pressurized, hot, heavy air to the reed, to the tone board, through the insert into that hand with back pressure. And when we get that air precise and we're confident in it, now we can start talking about manipulating it, creating those different ducks. So that's what we're going to get started on today. And we're just going to keep moving on guys. Chad Belding and his duck call. This life ain't for everybody. Today is brought to you by my good friend, Brad Allen, three-time world champion, Arkansas. He owns elite calls, good partner of ours. And uh, I love the cash call. He's also got the freak. He's got the murder. Um, He's got a cut down version of a call um, that that I absolutely love. It's not for everybody, but if, if you guys can get your hands on the butcher, try it out. But again, Elite Duck Calls, Brad Allen, and that's what we're going to get going today, guys. Again, I'm glad that you're here. I hope that these are helpful to you. We're going to bring them all summer to get through these dog days. And uh, so let's get started with that right now on creating that first duck and getting confidence in our air presentation. And then we will move on from there. Okay, so the quack. Last one, you know, I kind of did a bunch of running notes together and different cadences and, and what I would do to to call ducks. And, and we're going to get back to more of that and, you know, painting that picture and that masterpiece of the decoy setup and, and what we're going to be trying to show those ducks visually and let those ducks hear audibly. So what we want to do with that built up pressure is I hope that that helped on, you know, visualize that guys key to success in a lot of ways is visualization. Well, visualize the inside of your body working together in cahoots to get that pressurized air from your diaphragm to your lungs, to your larynx, back of your mouth, where your throat meets your mouth up and over that, that tongue that is anchored down where the tip of it's behind your bottom teeth, where the gums meet the teeth. And then into those pierced lips, through those pierced lips into that barrel where it meets that mylar reed that sits on top of that soundboard, that sound trough, and then travels through the rest of the insert out that little hole at the end of the duck call into your hand that's wrapped around the end of that insert. And your hand is cupped and fingers closed at, you know, elongating that call. And now you have that air built up in there. So we're controlling our air. So we fill up with air. We got it all inside of us right now. And I'm controlling my air right now. And I'm talking to you on that same breath that I just filled up with. And when I naturally feel myself start to run out of air, that's what normal, that's what natural is, is that there's a pause. But if you time it and you just, and you're talking to somebody and you time it and you feel yourself starting to run out of air, you just take a quick breath like that right there and fill up real quick. And I just took another one and I filled up again. I just took another one and I filled up again. And, I, I, and I, there's not a long pause. There's not a lot of breaks. It's not real uncomfortable. And I'm just talking to you like in a run on sentence right now that sounds like I'm talking to you on one breath, but I'm actually stopping and filling up with breaths every, you know, just a couple seconds. And I'm trying to do it in spots to where it's natural and I can get a natural break and you're not going to hear it. And it's not going to be real evident. Some of it might be a little bit evident, but most of the time when I'm talking, you're not really telling that I'm breathing in and getting more air into my diaphragm and can controlling my air and controlling those reserves of air. So it makes it sound like I, you know, that I'm, I'm talking on, you know, just mainly one breath, but maybe breathing every once in a while, because hopefully you're not hearing every single time that I take in a breath because I'm not stopping and going, and duck calling is unnatural. If you do that, if you take one big deep breath, 
Ducks don't do that because remember, we're emulating a bunch of ducks sitting on that water and one might be 30 feet from one and a 60 feet and 90 feet and 10 feet and they're all making different sounds. So I don't know if you could, you know, listening to this, if you can tell where I'm breathing or even if I am breathing, but I'm breathing in and out through that entire segment of controlling that air and I'm not going with long breaks, sounding unnatural. It's breaking your cadence. It's breaking your rhythm. And ducks are talking in rhythm down there. They might not be talking all the time. Some of them times are quiet, but most likely I would bet money that if you go to a refuge or a refuge or a roost where there's ducks sitting, they're going to be vocal and they're not going to shut up. Whether it's midnight, three in the morning, seven in the morning, 10 in the morning, it's very hard or difficult to ju- to walk up on live ducks and be in within hearing distance and not hear them talking. There might be times of the day where they get quieter, but for the most part, ducks are always talking because there's a lot of them accounted for. And some of them, maybe not all of them, are going to be having conversations. They're going to be talking to themselves like I do a lot at night. I'm kidding. Well, sometimes I do. But that's what you want to think about, guys. Control that air. So now we're going to get that air inside and we're going to know that we're going to control our air, control our reserves. Keep it built up with that back pressure in our hand that's on the end of that insert and get that quack. So the quack, a lot of people say hoot, hoot, or went, went. But I mean, really, it's a you're telling a secret. Like if I got all the air knocked out of me, boom, somebody hits me right in my stomach and I seize up with my diaphragm and I can't breathe. But I'm trying to tell you a secret. Now think about that. All the air is knocked out of me, but I'm trying to tell you a secret that I need help. How would that sound if I'm trying to whisper you a secret? I'm trying to tell you, hey, I need help. I just got all the wind knocked out of me, all the air knocked out of me. My diaphragm's empty. I'm in pain. I might even have a broken rib. Chad Mendez just beat the piss out of me. And it would sound something like this. I need, I, I, I need, I need, I, I, hey, can you hear me? Hey. So if you think about that. That's how a hen mallard's talking. She seized up that tight pressurized air and it's So it's like you get the wind knocked out of you and you're trying to tell a secret. You're trying to tell me you need help in a secretive voice. So think about that, guys. Air knocked out of you, wind knocked out of you, you're in pain a little bit, and you're trying to tell a secret. That's a hen mallard. So that's how you're going to control that air, squeezing down on that diaphragm. I'm not saying flex up all your muscles. Just like in sports, you don't want to bowl or weight lift weights, and you don't want to swing a baseball bat or a golf club. You don't want to swim all flexed up, all body builded up, all posed up, you know, with your pecs all you know, flexed up and your triceps and veins coming out of your forehead. You want to stay relaxed, man. Just chill, chill. Let that air flow through that body. Keep it pressurized, but let it flow. Just like swinging a baseball bat. You don't seize up and flex your arms and your forearms and your wrists and your hands and have a tight grip. You just real loose with that and just stay fluent through that strike zone, through that hitting zone. Same with hitting a golf ball or swimming. If you seized up when you swim, you probably sink to the bottom. So Think about that. You're just going to control that air. You're going to stay relaxed, but you're going to keep it pressurized and you're going to build up that pressure. 
And I'm telling a secret. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to teach you a word. I just want you to tight diaphragm, air knocked out of you. And you're just, and you're just putting a little bit of air in there, a little, a little cut of air. Almost like a, when those guys on TV are up in that tree stand and that white tail walks under them and they go, Meh. so it's, there's four put together. There's five, and I'm kind of naturally running out of air at the end of it. There's four. Let's do seven. Five. So that quack, that quack is the basis of those greeters. So get that quack. Pressurize there. start to see that that transition from a quack or a lonesome hen into that into a different um cadence which we call the greeter so it's to you control the speed you can pick them up you can extend the first note you can let them die out more at the end you can just mix them up and that's going to take experience that's going to take a lot of consistent practice and persistence and practice with a, a meaning and and perfect practice makes perfect they say i don't know if anybody can practice perfectly but if you do have a opportunity to practice perfectly and have perfect practice techniques then you will start to see that you can manipulate that a little bit you can say all right i'm gonna trick it a little bit move my tongue here drop my jaw a little bit open my hand a little bit <laughs> You can hear those little cuts. Those are my lonesome hands. My quacks. I'm trying to have a conversation. Emulate a My goal is not to get real advanced right now, but it's just to show you that through that manipulation and that perfect practice techniques or practicing with consistency and persistence that you can get 
to, to the point to where you can manipulate the sound with those different tongue positions, hand positions, and 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 throat and season the air and controlling that air in your reserves. And that's what it means to be able to call ducks, in my opinion, is to be able to control that air, stay and relaxed, and just and it's just control there and i keep going back to that and doing it without a call um i got a little bit of a cold right now or allergies going on i'm having a little bit of a uh my duck call sounds weird to my ears with these headphones on and sometimes when that happens um you got to check it and say hey you know my calls sound a little off what is it is it my hearing do i have allergies going on am i stuffed up what is it because sometimes that call sounds weird to you but when it's out there 100 feet or 100 yards, it sounds more realistic or worse to those ducks. So you just got to practice all of those different elements of duck calling. <clears throat> and we've we've done that. We've practiced where we get downwind of a call and we listen to it at 100 feet, 150 feet, 100 yards, 300 feet, whatever it is. And try to, you know, can you hear it? Does it sound ducky by the time those notes reach you? What are those ducks here? And they hear better than us. But what is the audible frequency of that call once it gets out there a little bit? So ask yourself those kinds of questions when you're starting to learn that duck call. But today, I re- just wanted to talk about that first note and how you turn that quack and that pressurized air, where it originates and how you turn it in to a string of quacks, creating a greeter sequence or a cadence. And then being able, as we go into more of these podcasts, we're going to be able to manipulate it even a little bit more and and teach you how to manipulate it and how to change your jaw positions, your mouth positions, your mouth cavity, the shape of your tongue inside of your mouth, your teeth, putting your teeth together, biting on your tongue, closing your hand, opening your hand, pointing your hand down, pointing it up, making your wrist all locked in like a duck neck or putting your wrist straight, putting your elbow out, dropping your elbow, all these different things you can do and start manipulating that sound. And when you, last time we did this with the duck call, I told you about recording yourself and being able to play that back and listen to it. And you're going to be able to hear like whoa that sounds like different ducks whoa that sounds like good feet chuckle i just mixed in my hand right there good my my lonesome hands my quacks sound good and then you start to double and if you're practicing like that and you don't have a call but you're keeping your stomach tight and you're staying relaxed and you're getting all those different ducks by doing that think about what you're doing you're changing your jaw positions and your mouth positions and your tongue positions and you're doing that you're throwing the sound and you're creating different ducks different speeds different cadences and that ladies and gentlemen, is realistic. That's what ducks do. They don't sound the same. There might be some that do sound the same, but in mother nature, out in the wild universe, moose sound different, elk bugle different. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking about turkeys gobble different, coyotes howl different, a young coyote, a female coyote, a big male, dominant male. They might be, they all sound different from a long ways away to the human ear, they might sound a lot the same. And I'm not going to say they don't, but they do sound different. And so do hen mallards. So do Canada geese. So do snow geese. Snow geese, man, they get, they make all kinds of weird sounds, but they all sound different. And, but as far as that hen mallard goes, we got to get to the point to where you're practicing that and you're thinking like a duck and you're acting like a duck and you're and you'll just go into it and people are going to look at you like what in the f- is wrong with this cat, right? I'll just be sitting in a dinner. I'll be sitting in a restaurant or driving in a truck and I don't have a call. I, I don't have anything on me and I'll just be like, 
Cause I want to be able to practice. I want to get that right. I want that throat to be doing that separation call, that beginning of that single cut feed chuckle. And learning a duck call, learning technique, learning philosophies and theories and all the things that goes into being a complete duck call, in my opinion. I'm not there yet. I've told you my heroes in this game. I tell you my mentors in this game and the people that I've learned from and the tricks of the trade that I've picked up along the way and duck and goose, turkey calling, predator calling, elk calling, whatever it is. I want to be a good game caller. I want to be able to communicate with the wild animal. I want to be able to communicate with that mallard duck or that Canada great or that Canada lesser, that Canada taverner, whatever it is. I want to sound like them on different days. If I'm hunting lessers or I see a group of lessers, I want to sound like a high pitch, you know, just barking lesser. If it's a big, big Canada goose, I want to sound like that big gander that's coming across that wheat field or cornfield. So pride yourself in that. My point is, is that you don't always have to have a duck call in your hand or to your lips to become proficient with one. Be practicing when you can. If you're at work and you're going to the bathroom and you're just standing there at the urinal or you're a lady and you're sitting there at the urinal, you don't even have to do it loud air's out of my diaphragm i got punched i'm out of air all the winds knocked out of me <clears throat> and i'm trying to tell you a secret that's how that emailer talks i can't i can't I, i'm in the bathroom and i don't want anybody to hear, hear me i please i i need some ox, oxygen now again people are going to look at you but i was breathing the entire time there i'm practicing i'm visualizing if these ducks do this and i don't have to have a call Everybody in the office might not hear me. Traffic around me might not hear me. My wife isn't going to get pissed. My girlfriend's not going to kick me out. My kids aren't going to, you know, de-own me as my, (laughs) disown me as their father. I'm saying that whatever position you're in, I know that these things can be annoying. There's a certain, even I get around duck hunters and duck callers and you're at, you're at duck camp for a few days, but you don't, not all of it spent blowing a duck call. They wear everybody out. So learn to do it without a call. And that was the gist of today is just some thoughts to think about that diaphragm and that larynx and those lungs and that tongue and that fatty tissue and the roof of your mouth and the shape of your tongue and and how that air is getting to your pierced lips and through your pierced lips and into that barrel and hitting that mylar reed bouncing causing it to bounce on that soundboard and that tone trough and then travels out the rest of the insert into your hand that's creating back pressure and your control and those reserves and we've talked about it you we got to do it we got to get out and practice it and we got to talk like a duck when we're by ourselves or when we're with our buddies just bang, 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 bang. Bang, 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 bang. you can visualize it what kind of day is it am i hunting water am i hunting a river am i hunting an oxbow am i hunting flooded corn dry corn am i in peas in canada am i in the flooded timber of arkansas am i in, in the peanut field in texas or oklahoma am i up on the the columbia river in washington or the snake river in idaho or the 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 yellowstone river in billings montana am i by bismarck north dakota on the missouri river or cornfield just off of the missouri river am i down on the arkansas river outside of wichita kansas am i over in new mexico am i over in the state 
Cascade, Nevada at the Canvasback Duck Club? Or am I in the Butte Sink of California? Am I in the Delta of, of, of Sacramento Valley in California? Am I over in Louisiana in the rice country, the Cajun country? Am I in Florida? Am I on the Eastern Shore? Am I around Maryland? Am I where the black ducks are? Am I in Ohio? Where am I at in Minnesota? Wherever you're at, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, if it's in Alberta, if it's on the Saskatchewan River, wherever you're at, paint a picture. Where's your first trip this year? Where's your second trip? Who are you going with? Let's start get, getting fired up. Let's make this 2018-19 duck and goose season, waterfowl season, America, Canada. Let's just make it memorable. Let's create memories. Let's be authentic and passionate about it. Let's be ethical and morally correct. We're not going to break the law. We're not poachers. We're not outlaws. There's no mindset for that. Let's be educative. Let's be, you know, let's let's have our approach speak for it. Let's get kids involved, women involved, newbies involved. Let's support conservation agencies like Ducks Unlimited or Delta or California Waterfowl Association. Let's support the brand that support these the this lifestyle like the brands i mentioned before at the beginning of this podcast and let's just let's let's not let ego get in the way let's try to get let our guard down and learn from different people take something out of the field every day get to know new people don't believe what you hear about somebody all the time until you get an opportunity to hang with them be with them i'm telling you guys life's too short not to enjoy this and know that we are blessed we're humbled by this we're not entitled by it and i'm hoping that you're learning something as we go through these little talks i'm not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just trying to be a little bit motivating. What motivates me and being a self-starter and being able to know that it's not even July yet. And I can't wait for it to be September, October, November, December, January, February, and then go into March and maybe a couple depredation snow goose hunts, and then maybe even into spring Turkey. And we're just going to keep doing it. And that's what keeps us fresh. That's what keeps our blood flowing. That's what keeps us healthy and happy and smiling and singing songs and sitting by campfires and drinking hot coffee and petting a wet dog and being with buddies, being with our kids, our nieces, our nephews, Whoever it is, being an American hunter, being together at Duck Camp USA, Duck Camp America, Duck or Goose Camp Canada. I'm getting ready to go to Argentina. So Duck Camp Argentina, here we come, Peru, Uruguay. We can hunt these things in New Zealand. Let's get after it. Let's be passionate. Let's be safe. Let's stay healthy. Let's get in shape. Let's create a better version of ourselves every day. And let's just go out there and enjoy this lifestyle that God has given us, that our military has fought for to give us. And we get to go out and be an American duck hunter, American goose hunter, American turkey hunter, deer hunter, predator hunter, fisher. It doesn't matter. Pheasant hunter. You might hunt chuckers in Nevada or Idaho. You might get after them quail down in Georgia. All right. It doesn't matter. You might get after gators in Louisiana or a big five in Africa. You might be up in the Yukon for a big old bullwinkle, all right? You might want to be Jim Shockey. You might want to be Michael Waddell down in Booger Bottom, Georgia, and live that lifestyle. It doesn't matter. Get motivated. Get inspired. Inspire somebody every day. I hope this helps, guys. I appreciate all of the support we've gotten for This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Remember, we got lots of merchandise coming up, new merchandise launching for This Life Ain't For Everybody, as well as the Foul Life TV. And we also have... This Life Ain't For Everybody TV launching on YouTube soon with some serious playlists underneath it. Look for that launch soon. Look for a huge contest that we're getting ready to announce with our friends at Vista plus several of our partners. I'm telling you, you're going to want to pay attention to the sweepstakes coming up sometime next week, week after. It's going to be big, guys. Big. I'm telling you, it's going to be big. And it's going to be awarded in October. The hunt's going to, I'll give you a little bit. There's a hunt involved, but it's going to take place in November. And uh, I'm excited. I'm not going to give any more hints about it, but <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies are acting up again. I don't know if it's the pollen in the air or what it is, but 
it's whatever. I just got to deal with it. And being a duck hunter, you got to get your lungs strong enough. Your My lung capacity has gotten so much stronger since I devoted a, enough time to become a little bit more proficient with a duck and a goose call. But again, guys, stay passionate, stay safe. Fourth of July is coming up. Happy Fourth of July. I hope your summer's going well. Start thinking about gear, getting those boats tuned up, those motors tuned up. Make sure we got our decoys painted and cleaned off, our calls tuned, our guns clean. Get out to the Sporting Clays range. Practice with those Benelli's. Again, look for that new announcement also from Black Cloud with new product coming for the fall of 18 and the winter of 19. I'm Chad Belding. I'm excited. I'm blessed to be a hunter. I'm blessed to have you all listening to us here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. We have some great guests coming up. Get ready for another one with Clay Charlton for Take Em Outfitters up in Alberta that we're going to be back with this October 2018. And season 10 of The Foul Life airs on the Outdoor Channel July 2nd with the first two episodes from Take Em Outfitters, Alberta, episode three and episode four with my good buddy, Mitch Yoder, Tyler and Matt at Kansas Hunts. Episode five is in the state of Iowa with Traeger and tons of guests from the Kansas City Royals, Iowa State Wrestling, um, uh, law enforcement from Council Bluffs, Iowa, wrestling team from Missouri Valley High School, who did I miss? George Thompson from Benelli joined us in camp, Chad Ward from Traeger, Tyler Stark from Traeger, Luke Hoshaver from the Kansas City Royals, Ian Kennedy from the Royals, my good buddy Brett Metcalf, who's an assistant wrestling coach for Iowa State. He was a two-time All-American and NCAA champion at the University of Iowa. He is an absolute badass stud wrestler. And then we had some just humbling experiences with some law enforcement in that area. And like I said, the Missouri Valley wrestling team and what they the 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 tragedy that happened to their team going into last season. We were able to put on an event at the edge in Missouri Valley, Iowa, and raised our goal was forty five hundred dollars and we raised twelve thousand dollars through an event with a lot of help from our partners, including Budweiser, Anheuser Busch, Traeger, Benelli, Federal, The Edge, Randy Christensen at Rack Outdoors, Real Tree Camo. Um, Chad Freeberg helped out with that. My brother Clay was there. I can talk about it, but I got my, my skin is just lighting up right now thinking about what we were able to do through hard work and tenacity and dedication to that family, that wrestling team, and most importantly, that community. There was a lot of love shared that night, not to mention a lot of good food from the Traegers with my boy Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, at Whiskey Bent Barbecue. So I could go on and on. I love it. I love this lifestyle. Thank you so much for the support. And please watch season 10 of The Foul Life again coming up July 2nd, only on the Outdoor Channel. Join our old content. Find it at Mo TV. Get ready for the launch of This Life Ain't For Everybody on YouTube TV. Or not not YouTube TV, that's a mistake. But just this, this Life Ain't For Everybody TV on YouTube with lots of cool playlists under it. Get ready for the sweepstakes announcement from us in Federal. And um, get ready for awesome new product coming from all the companies we talked about. Thank you to all of our sponsors. And again, today's podcast of This Life Ain't For Everybody was brought to you by our awesome friends at Elite Duck Calls Arkansas. Brad Allen, three-time world champion. He's been up on that stage on Main Street in Stuttgart just laying it down. Judges, this is for score. And he just... Just awesome to watch. Um, Guys, that's it. I appreciate it. I'm rambling. I'm going to go listen to some good country music, probably a little Brent Cobb right now. Drake White's got a new album out. Brent Cobb's got a new album out. Leith Lawton's got new music out. Zach Brown's getting ready to get new music out. I just came back from Lincoln, Nebraska, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Boston, Fenway Park, two nights. Congratulations to Zach Brown and the Zach Brown Band. My good friend Chad paid nine consecutive sellouts at Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. Fenway, the home of the Red Sox. So guys, that's it. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Chad Belding, I'm out. This life ain't for everybody. Tom, my man, please play. This or this song right here is What You Gonna Do When the Money's All Gone by my boy, Leith Lofton, a.k.a. Hoss. Thank y'all.